what is going on y'all welcome back to the yes i will podcast yes i will yes i will what yes i will be successful yes i will break old habits in my life yes i will you fill in the blank yes i will and thank you for tuning in it's great to be with you today i talk a little bit about fitness health and wellness religion and politics our strengths our weaknesses life relationships family matter whatever it is that you want to talk about let's talk about it let's talk about it let's talk about it the purpose here is to equip you for life's challenges are you ready for that when it comes help you learn your worth discover your inner strength create the best in you in mind body soul and spirit here i share my personal stories life experiences and lessons learned along the way so ask me anything 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 my life is an open book there is nothing hidden so ask me anything anything let's talk about it let's talk about it and tell me how are you doing today how is your week going so far how are things going and i don't want to hear just a eh, i'm doing okay mm, eh, you know i'm okay don't just say i'm fine no everybody says that how are you truly doing how is your week going what are the challenges what do you wish you could change in your life like right now like yesterday what are the areas in your life that you feel that you are in much need of change are you in the midst of the circumstance because of your repetitive action or perhaps it has nothing to do with your actions and the circumstance that you're in is just not under your control a lot of times things happen in life and it's just out of our control we just have to trust we have to trust the process I like to say we have to trust God's process. Whatever it is that you're going through today, this week, this month, whatever it is, we break it right now. Let's break that today and move forward. Well, welcome to today's episode. On this day, I will be sharing a little bit about my past. More about Myra. I'm gonna talk a little bit about my old habits, struggles, and share some practicals for you to take action and move forward in life. So, today's topic, three steps, how to break old habits and step into your new and better life. Only if you want to, because I can't force you and I am not going to try to do all that. And of course, there's more than three steps to break old habits in your life. We have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere and we have to start where we are right now. The whole point is not to overwhelm you. The whole point is to keep it simple and help you with these practicals so you can just take action and move forward in life. You know what it's called? It's called taking baby steps. <laughs> it's not hard. It's not hard. Life is super simple, guys. For some reason, we make it hard. We have to make life so complicated. I don't know why we do that, don't we? For those of you I haven't had the pleasure to meet, my name is Myra Alejandra. 
I'm a licensed and certified fitness and life coach. I am not a professional therapist. I am not a law consultant, but I have worked with many beautiful and unique clients in the fitness field and as a life coach. And it's just been such a pleasure to be able to walk with them shoulder by shoulder and just see them grow in life and see them just break old habits and break their old way of thinking because a lot of times the way we live life is not even our own beliefs there are parents beliefs or our ancestors beliefs and we want to be aware of what are your core beliefs your core values and what what are not yours and what you just picked up from your family members or friends or society. I help people who feel stuck in life get unstuck and walk in complete freedom. Whether it's life throwing lemons at you or in your fitness journey, I help you improve your lifestyle and equip you to continue to unlock levels in your life. No matter how big is the giant staring at you face to face. Because the whole point is not for you to depend on me for the rest of your life but for you to get equipped and move on so that you too can help people. People are desperately in need of help. And if you can be the answer to their prayers, why not? If you have the solution to their problems, why not be that person to help them, right? So yes, you will. You will do it. I believe in you. You got this. I have a passion for helping people because I too struggled. I struggled with all types of addictions and I didn't even know they were addictions. I believed all these lies as a little girl and obviously, of course, they carried on through my adulthood. It affected my relationships. It affected the way I viewed people, the way I viewed relationships, the way I viewed myself. I shared my story in my very first episode, so I encourage you to go back and listen to it earliest memories of me sipping on beer. I remember my father drinking at home and he would offer me something. Oh, mijita, quieres un trago? I was a toddler. <laughs> I'll tell you what road that took me on. And then my earliest memory of me picking up a cigarette bud. I believe I was eight, if not younger than that, actually. Uncles, family members, they would smoke cigarettes and they would just toss them out in the backyard and just picked it up and I smoked it. Long story short, there was an incident in San Jose, California. My family were involved in illegal activities. Our house burned down. We lost it all. We lost it all. And I saw my family divided like never before. My parents separated. My mom did time in jail. She did whatever she could to fight for her children. My father, my whole family was on the run. One thing led to another. By the time I was 12, I was already smoking weed. It didn't take me long to realize that I could actually make money selling it instead of smoking it. And I hustled. That led me to other hardcore drugs. I found connections here and there. And of course, I started smoking my own supply. Ecstasy being my, my go-to drug from my teenage years to my adulthood, actually. I smoked and snored meth. And I want to say for a whole summer, if not longer than that, maybe the whole year. Honestly, I've tried to put the timeline together. Nothing makes sense. Everything is foggy. And I just thank God that I don't remember much. But there are circumstances 
and scenarios that do pop up. I don't remember if it was before an incident or after an incident or what year it was. And everything is foggy. But the point is this. I fell deep into using substances. And maybe for about two years, I could not smoke weed without lacing it. I couldn't. I had to mix it with meth. I had to mix it with crushed ecstasy. I had to mix it with coke. Weed alone just wasn't a thing anymore for me. Like, it wasn't strong enough. I was life of the party. I was the definition of the party don't start till I walk in. Okay. And I thought that was life. I thought I was living the life. The more drugs, the more sex I had, the better for me. I just felt like I was above everybody. I was making money. I had everything that I could possibly need. I'm talking about materialistic stuff, right? Because deep down I was still lost. I was dead. I was empty. And that's my testimony. Although I was living the life, or at least I thought I was, that's what fueled me. You see, through all of this, I was still functioning. I'm a mom, a full-time student at the time. On top of that, I hustled. I was a street pharmacist. I gave myself that title. You know, I was very savvy, very sneaky, and I got away with a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that I, that I do regret. I have hurt family members. I had to see them face to face and ask for forgiveness. I was making money legally to cover for the illegal stuff that I was doing behind my family's back. Even though my family were in the business, our, bus our family business wasn't legal. And even though my family was deep into that lifestyle, I don't think they would have been okay with me following their footsteps. So what I did, I branched out on my own. I was very sneaky. I was very savvy. I never lacked of anything. But yet, I was dead inside and I didn't even know it. I believe this lie. I do what I want. It didn't matter if it hurt me or not. It had nothing to do with you, so mind your own business. I never thought about the consequences that I would have to pay in the future or the risk I ran of consuming all these substances. So many times I could have died. So many times I, I should have gotten raped. I didn't. I'm here only because of God's grace. It wasn't until I detoxed my body and cleared my mind that I was actually able to think. I was able to see things more clearly. I would think about what I wanted my future to look like. All I thought was, that's impossible. I'm not educated. I don't care to go to school. I graduated high school. I went to college. I graduated. I just didn't care. I just did it just to have something under my belt. I lived in the moment and I just went with the flow. And that was it. But it was until I slowed down that I was able to actually look back and reflect on my life. I was internally committing suicide. Unknowingly, I was slowly killing myself. How stupid we were, my girlfriends and I. It was through high school, all the way through late 20s. We would pop pills and we would laugh. We would just make jokes of how many holes we had in our brain. My holes on my brain are bigger than yours. I gave birth at age 17. Actually, when I found I was pregnant, the whole timing was off. I planned my pregnancy. I wanted to have a child. I wanted my firstborn to be a boy. Look how faithful God is. Even though I didn't know him back then, and actually I hated God with a passion. I hated God. My cousin got killed in a car accident, and I questioned God. My cousin was my ride or die dude, and he died 
and I questioned God and I was so mad and hated him with a passion people would try to share the word of God I would throw a fit I would mock them I would laugh at their face I remember spitting at a guy's face I remember I was coming out of um, Applebee's with a friend and this guy on a bike makes a u-turn and he was doing the work of God he was doing what he was called to do to share the gospel now I know right but I remember he pulled out like the, this small you could tell that he cut it himself with scissors it looked so crooked wrinkled the ink was faded and I looked at it ripped it and threw it at him he was trying to share with me the Word of God and so I told him when you see God you tell God I said what's up but before you tell him that tell him to get you a car because you're actually riding on a bike I just laughed at him <laughs> you have no idea how many times I repented and I and I asked for forgiveness when I became a believer when I became a follower of Christ that was one of the things that was highlighted the most and it tormented me for a while <laughs> I gave birth at age 17 and that was actually the only time that I slowed down, that I stopped using, I stopped drinking, I stopped partying. I would still smoke weed, but I would smoke when I would feel morning sicknesses. I really tried to stop everything cold turkey because I was pregnant and I desired my son. Being mad at God, I said, God, if you're real, you're going to give me a baby. We will never understand why God does the things that he does. Our little brains will never understand. We will never comprehend that. After doing the math, my first trimester, I popped pills a few times. I, I'm talking about ecstasy. The first three months, I didn't know I was pregnant. I, I thought I wasn't getting my monthly flow because of all the drugs I was using. I never thought that I would get pregnant, even though I wanted to, right? I had a boyfriend. So I was going to make him my baby's dad. And sure enough, <laughs> he's my son's dad. Guys, if you don't believe in God, what I'm about to share with you, it will make you at least consider God's grace. What is grace? Imagine this, and you're going super over the speed limit. Instead of getting a ticket, you get some cash. You don't deserve that cash, but yet the officer gives it to you. And he says, have a nice day right grace is you getting something that you don't deserve you deserve a speeding ticket not in a word hmm. my son mind you all these drugs i did especially my first three months because i didn't know i was pregnant if you don't believe in god right now this will make you consider at least god's grace because the devil's only out there prowling looking to kill you to steal from you and destroy everything that belongs to you including your family why do you think there's so much division in our families guys my son was born healthy no defects no learning disabilities i was even convinced that at a later time as he developed that something was going to come up some kind of sickness and disease or some some kind of learning disability right but joke on the devil, yo. Joke on the devil. Because till this day, my son is currently 21 years of age. And he's not only healthy, he has always had a clear mind and a healthy worldviews. Very mature worldviews, very conservative worldviews. 
he's always been incredibly mature for his age and that and that's not coming from me because he's my son right this comes from other people who who know my son who know me and and I hear it from them they tell me how proud they are of my son sometimes it's a little offensive because I feel that people were expecting for him to be bad or for him to be a jailbird or for him to be out on the streets and it's nothing like that or for him to be a high school dropout or something nothing like that I get a lot of praise because I did a pretty good job raising my son on my own and he's incredibly mature for his age I can say he's the most conservative in our family I should be the most conservative in my family but my son my son will check me he has permission to check me I give him permission because he's not disrespectful and he does it with love and he who knows me better than him one day he came up to me and I'm like why are you asking me these questions what's going on he was asking me questions to determine how conservative or how liberal I was I forgot the questions but I remember my response and I remember how I felt and he shared his perspective one of the questions was on the topic of abortion he asked me if it was okay or what was my my thought I said well it depends on the circumstance it depends if it's a, a rape case it depends on the female's circumstances I will never forget his little cute face he turned and he said he was he was surprised he said you're actually more liberal than I thought you're 50 50 liberal and conservative and that rubbed me the wrong way because I thought I was conservative mind you my thoughts prior to becoming a believer a follower of Christ it was completely liberal completely liberal but you know digging into the Word of God and following Jesus we come to our senses we gain wisdom we we're able to understand we're able to see our worldview through Jesus lenses I'll never forget his response and he said he said you call yourself a Christian and you're okay killing babies and it oh, it hit me it hit me and I'm like my eight-year-old just told me what <laughs> made me actually draw closer to God it made me want to dig deeper into the topic of abortion what does the Bible say about abortion what does Jesus say about abortion because to me no other voice matters but the voice of the covenant the voice of Jesus and that's it if it offends me if I think otherwise I better change my perspective and I've done that <laughs> I've done that so much in my life trust me where I'm like wait a minute I think the opposite of this what's going on here we have to dig deep guys we we have to search for the truth what is the truth you see that was my perspective back then that was my opinion back then I can't tell you how many times I actually got an abortion it affected me badly so bad and I'm gonna talk about this now that we're on the subject I wasn't gonna talk about this actually but let's talk about it let's talk about it because I've been there done that from the top of my head I can think about it for four different times but I guarantee you it was more than four 
I don't know how wasted I was or what was going on in my life. A lot, a lot of stuff in my past is super foggy. I'm telling you, like, I'm not even going to try to put two and two together. But what I do remember, you know, my, my son, he was my first pregnancy. Actually, my family gave me an option to get an abortion. One, I planned my pregnancy, so I wasn't going to have an abortion. But two, it was an option that my family gave me. But I was already, when my mom found out I was pregnant, I was already eight months. My school snitched on me, they told my mom, and that was it. My mom didn't know I was pregnant until I was eight months, and my school told her. And my teachers only found out because my best friend told my counselor. My best friend told her mom that I was pregnant and I wasn't going to my follow-ups. I was a minor, they wouldn't take me. I, I would go, I went to Stanford, I went to Sequoia, like I went to all these, all these hospitals, but they wouldn't take me because I was a minor. I needed to go with an adult and I wasn't gonna do that because I was scared to tell my family I was pregnant. My plan, I had it all figured out, guys. My plan was to just run away with my child. I had a job, I had a car. I was gonna figure it out. So if my mom, because my mom warned me, like if you ever get pregnant, or I would hear it in my family as well. It's the Mexican culture that the female gets kicked out of the house. So I was afraid of that, or I had it planned out. I was, I had applied for, for low-income apartments. I thought I had life figured out. <laughs> I did. I actually had it figured out. And so my son, he's my first pregnancy. My second pregnancy, I was in a relationship deep into the thug life. I considered having this pregnancy, but then I found out that the guy I was with, he was doing some other stuff and I just he wasn't the one that I wanted to do life with and plus he was in and out of jail and all that stuff so my second pregnancy there were two eggs in the ultrasound and so I was told I was gonna have twins and so my first reaction was like oh no like life is already hard like I can't handle twins I can't I can't have another baby so out of selfishness based on my circumstances I aborted and then I got pregnant again. Same guy. Now there's three eggs in the ultrasound. And the lady said, one is super small. If you go full term, it might not even survive. Um, you know, they were just trying to convince me to get an abortion. So we agreed we got an abortion. That's already five babies, guys. If there was really three in, in one ultrasound and two in the other one, what does that do to your head, to your mind? I'm gonna tell you what happened. I got into another relationship years later. This guy, he told me to get an abortion. So I was okay with that. I didn't care about it. I'm like, fine, <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. I got into another relationship. And this one, I aborted behind his back. That one also affected me because I lied to him. And he was a good guy. He deserved to be a father. He treated me well. It was just me. My son was deeply in love with this guy too. He loved this guy. This guy was his hero. I messed it up. I messed it up. I, my pride, my arrogance, I was never wrong. I would never apologize because I was never wrong. And so that didn't work out. <laughs> that didn't work out. I might lose many of you. I'm not sorry actually. I'm totally against abortion. 
totally against it. If I would have known better, if I would have had people who cared about my well-being, I probably would have considered their voices saying, hey, don't, don't have an abortion. I would have considered something. If I would have had resources, adoption was, was, was an option, I probably would have considered that. But I didn't have positive voices in my life. I was taught that I could do whatever I wanted whenever I felt like it just because I could. I, I was free to do whatever I wanted. I am totally against it. Who are we to decide who lives and who doesn't? It doesn't matter what circumstance you find yourself in. That's just plain selfish and foolish, guys. I love you and what I say, what I tell you, I say it with love. And I pray that there's conviction and that you actually consider what, what, what I'm saying. You see, I didn't know better. I didn't know better. I had no wisdom. I had no clarity. I was young. All I heard was my own voice. I just went with the flow. I lived in the moment. A lot of my decisions were based on, on fear and my circumstances. A lot of the decisions that we make in life is based on fear or a lie that we have believed or a negative experience. I paid the consequence, the hurt, the pain, the trauma, the torment. Guys, I got tormented day and night, bright daylight. I was at the beach, I loved the beach, and I was at the beach, I looked up and the water was no longer the sea, it was blood. And I see, I see this huge baby just coming out of the water and just coming towards me. And it said, Mama, Mama. And I could hear the tears. It tormented me. It tormented me day and night. And I would hear babies cry. All kinds of emotions would rise up. I would get angry, I would get emotional, I would want to hug them and comfort them and then I would be like, get them away from me. Sometimes I couldn't stand babies, sometimes I just had this love for them. It was so confusing because I was hurt, I was traumatized and I didn't know that. I just thought it was just, I'm just going with emotions. I would get tormented day and night. It was then when I started experiencing higher levels of demonic activity in my life which I'm open about I don't talk about this a lot because this is not something you can't just have a random conversation and be like I was tormented by demons like people are gonna look at you like I think you're still on drugs but I have had conversations about this with people who actually experience the same thing and we can talk about it and we can go straight into details because they understand. If this is something that you want me to talk about, I'm all open. Reach out to me, let me know, like, hey, like, I wanna know more about this. There is a lot to my past life. I would love to share stuff with you. I do, I do. I truly, I truly, I truly regret a lot of stuff that I did in my life, in my past life. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything because my past is what made me. I'm here today because of my past. I get this often, but someone told me the other day, I was, I was sharing my story and she was just in awe of the stuff that I would tell her and my perspective and things. And she just looked at me and she said, 
I'm so proud of you. You have so much wisdom. You have so much wisdom. She was an older lady. And I, and I laughed. I giggled. And I said, yeah, all the mess up I, I caused. All, all my wisdom is from all the mess ups. <laughs> all the mistakes. All the hurt and all the pain. We have to grow from that, right? We learn from our mistakes. And if you don't learn from your mistakes, man, you have to change something. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, dude. Listen to me. If you are planning on having an abortion, please, please contact me first. Let me give you resources. Let me give you options. And you probably know your options already. But what if you don't? What if you don't? And you've probably replayed your options over and over again. Please still contact me. I want you to text me. I want you to text LIFE. Text LIFE to 562-521-3845. Text LIFE. And I just love that my little boy was curious. He was curious to know where I stood on this topic of abortion. This little boy, he took so much authority at age eight. Like he was just such a little man, so confident. I love that he wondered where I stood. He wondered how conservative, how liberal my mother is. I did mention he was in elementary, right? <laughs> He stands for what's right, not for what's trending. And he's not perfect, of course, of course. But I am beyond proud of what I have created because we didn't always have God. I've only been saved eight years. My son's 21. His last eight years, that's what he's seen, a Christ-based foundation. But prior to that, I exposed him to so many things. Wherever you saw Myra hustling on the street, there she was with her baby on the hip. You could say I was whatever I was, but I never left my child. I would never leave my son just with anybody. My mom thought I did. I didn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't just leave my son just so I can go and do my own thing. There's no drug, no addiction, no sex, no person that would ever have that power over me. I would never neglect my son. And I was big on that. I took so much pride on that. The setting, even though I was doing illegal stuff, and he probably wasn't safe wherever I went, but he was protected because he was with me. And that gave me a peace of mind. <laughs> I would hit the nightclubs when he would spend the night at his grandma's house or his dad's house that's when I would go out and do my crazy stuff I did expose him to a lot of stuff at an early age and so he knew he already had it all all figured out how much a dime weighed how much was an eight how much how much an ounce weighed and he had it figured out anything <laughs> funny right because I still had boundaries anything more than an ounce he was not able to handle like he was not allowed to be involved. I didn't expose him to the other hardcore drugs for sure. Um, I didn't expose him to women that were working under me because I also had escort women at some point. 
at some point pimps were were involved other times it was just me managing women that's another story in my life the street life <laughs> and again we can talk about all this stuff anything that i mention on my podcast guys feel free to bring it up i would be more than pleased to to share these things with you pero no sentan chismosos yo <laughs> I'm telling you, anybody tries to talk about me and bring my past up, it, I've already talked about it. So for those of you trolls out there, <laughs> I'm exposing everything. So be careful because if you're a troll who was on my team on those days, I will expose you too. So be careful. My son, I like to say I protected his childhood. I wanted him to be a child as long as he could. I smoked weed and he was there. I hustled and he was there. Using drugs, sleeping around, partying. It's what I ended up going back to a year later after having my son. I went back to my old life. I couldn't wait to get back to my old life. But I needed to stay healthy because I was breastfeeding. I wanted my son to be healthy. And I was afraid. I was afraid that he, at some point in the future, as he developed or in school that he would have some kind of learning disability and I just went back to this lifestyle I went back to this pile of cock-a-doodle-doo all over again then I got tired of it I don't know one day it just hit me and I, I was like this there's no way this can be life there's no way and I was starting to feel more empty every day and I just couldn't put my finger on it I just knew that I was over with that life. I was so over having to watch my back from my enemies. There was a price tag on my head. I was so tired of having to watch my back from law enforcement. I just got tired of it. And, and I can hear some of you say, well, Myra, I don't have a drug problem. I haven't had an abortion and you know I just keep my legs closed and I'm so happy for you keep it that way keep it that way but I'm not done I'm not done the other thing that I was dealing with was selfishness arrogance I was never wrong I would never apologize I would kill myself before I apologize or before I even admit that I was wrong even when people would get celebrated, like if somebody got promoted at work or it was, even if it was someone's birthday, it had to be about me. I had to look better than the quinceanera. I had to look better than the bride. I had to look better than the birthday girl. I, I, it had to be about me and it had to be all for me, if you know what I mean. And be careful if anybody else got a little more attention than I did because I will start a fight with them. I will hate them for life and they no longer were my friends and it was just me against them and me against the world. That was my motto back then, me against the world. And I would just fight them. Throughout high school was when I got in fights the most. I was an adrenaline junkie. I looked forward to getting in fights. And I never got caught. If you talk to my mom, she, <laughs> I'm going to have to tell her this stuff because I'm sharing with you guys. But if you ask my mom, she never heard of any fights that I got into. 
<laughs> but I have scars to show for. Um, I got stabbed on my knee one day. I was in junior high at a private school and we just met at a park and this was, I was in eighth grade actually. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that because I know there's people who were involved and I just, I just need to protect them. Even though I'm not in contact with them or anything. Like you don't know where this podcast is gonna end up <laughs> or who's gonna listen to it. I can only speak for myself, of course, right? I have to make sure that the people involved are actually protected regardless if I'm in contact with them or not. So I can only speak for myself. And so that's when I got in fights the most in junior high and high school, especially high school. So I got into this thing where when I would get in a fight, I would just go straight to their throat, to their neck. And something would come over me. Something would possess me to just go for their neck to a point where they were no longer breathing. And it's when I would come to my senses and I would let them go. And I even told myself one time, like, you're going to end up killing somebody and you're going to go to jail. Did I care? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but that was my go-to thing. And I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know how to fight, but that was my go-to thing. And I, like, there was, I, I remember fighting this girl. She was probably, she was like three times bigger than me. My mom probably remembers this. She doesn't know that I got in a fight that day. <laughs> I'm gonna interview my mom one day guys <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna interview my mom one day <laughs> I have this great idea I'm gonna interview my mom but I'm also going to tell her stuff that I did <laughs> just to see her reaction I hope she doesn't get a heart attack um, I think the worst she already knows I don't I, there's nothing that um, that I can probably tell her that will catch her off guard because the worst stuff she already knows. So I remember getting in a fight with this girl and she was like three times bigger than me. I was waiting for my mom because she would pick me up from high school sometimes. I was sitting on a bench and there was this girl. She was a, I was a freshman and she was a junior. She looked at me and she said, why are you always mad? Who do you think you are? Da, 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 da. Like mind your own. I was just cussing up a storm. And so she got up, you know, because she's, three times bigger than me she felt a little bold and so she stood in front of me and uh and she said say that again come what did you call me da, 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 da. whatever and then um so i kicked her i kicked her on her knee she fell i grabbed her and i started choking her and she, i left my backpack there i ran to the girl's bathroom i left her there she was breathing because i put my hand by her nose so she wanted to make sure she was breathing because i did get scared so my mom noticed my backpack and so she picked up my backpack and i think she was very suspicious of stuff that i was doing i was just very sneaky so i would never get caught but you know parents know when kids are up to no good my mom she's a very smart woman like she smells caca from far away she grabbed my backpack and she started snooping around and she found a box of cigarettes and so then she goes inside the school and she finds me and she's just throwing a fit and I'm and I'm scared because I'm thinking like oh she knows that I got in a fight no one saw this right like no <laughs> no one saw this that's how you know my mama was late to pick me up no one saw this but by the time I came out with my mom my mom was pissed that she found cigarettes in my in my backpack and they really weren't mine I was holding them for a friend I did smoke cigarettes back then 
but my thing was weed so for me if I had to pick one or the other like I didn't care to smoke cigarettes by the time I walked out with my mom out of the school building I didn't see that girl there right so I'm like okay well at least she got up and she left so I, I didn't know what was going on so that's one one story right that was just my thing I was just angry at the world I was angry at everyone and it was just the world against me and I was just unstoppable and I dared anybody who would want to go against me I would dare anybody to go against me that was just my motto me against the world and I honestly I got tired of it I got tired of that lifestyle I just said no to it like all the hardcore substances that I was that I was using it automatically just lifted it it, it went away I don't think I was ever addicted I don't think I was because I had this mentality that I can do whatever I want whenever I feel like it if it makes me feel good do it and so I just did these things just because I could I never cared to stop I never I never I never bothered to stop I never cared to stop in matter of fact I thought I was gonna do that for the rest of my life <laughs> I wish I could tell you that it stayed that way even though I had stopped using all these these hardcore drugs I was still smoking weed and I was still drinking occasionally but it was nothing compared to I think my life probably cleaned maybe I don't know 40 50 percent just with that stuff out of my life and I never craved it again I never craved to smoke meth I never craved to pop pills I never craved to do any of that stuff anymore um, I was afraid to do it I, I just couldn't I couldn't but I couldn't stop smoking weed, right? I was smoking weed, but I was just getting high. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with that. But I knew that wasn't life. I knew that wasn't the life that I was supposed to live. I knew there was more. I just didn't know where it was, how to get to it, or what it, what it even looked like. I forgot to mention, I moved out of my hometown, East Palo Alto. I moved out of my hometown, Bay Area. <laughs> I lived all over the Bay Area all over the Bay Area East Bay South Bay Peninsula even up north Santa Rosa Petaluma area Vallejo area Oakland San Jose um, Santa Clara Mountain View Redwood City I went to a continuation school in Redwood City that's where I graduated Redwood High what, what? I went to I don't know six different high schools before before I graduated high school <laughs> oh man why do I see smoke coming out of you guys' ears <laughs> I had to move in order for me to change my life I had to get rid of everything everything some of you guys have to throw stuff away don't even think about it if your ex-boyfriend gave you that thing toss it out if someone who you did witchcraft with gave you something toss it out toss everything out move whatever it is that you have to do but do it do it because if you don't make a change nothing is going to change it doesn't have to make sense just do it do it trust me just do it I got tired of this I just got tired of feeling dry I got tired that every time I felt aftermath I needed more hardcore drugs to feel alive again it started to be more and I just hated that 
feeling. I was a zombie. Honestly, I went on to say like eight, six months, but where I wasn't talking. Guys, I had a stuttering problem. I still do. There's times when I'm just like, uh, 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 uh. I had a stuttering problem. I couldn't speak. Like I would drop off my son to his grandmama and just tell my son like, just I'll just drop you off. I was afraid of having a full on conversation with someone because they would know that I was on one. Especially when I had just, I was off of it. When I was just getting off of whatever high it was, um, I was I was a zombie. I couldn't speak. Uh, I still can't speak, <laughs> as you can tell. It was bad. It was bad. All I saw were shadows. I couldn't. I couldn't articulate words. I had to teach myself how to speak again. I had to. I used to speak so fast that I had to slow down. And now I feel like I speak so slow that I need to speed it up a little bit. You can't please everybody, right? And so what happened? Rather, I replaced all the toxic stuff with working out. I would go for walks. I would just go out and get fresh air. I would go to the park. I didn't know what to do with myself. I just know that I needed to keep myself occupied because if I would get bored, I would want to smoke weed. It wasn't any of the other, other stuff. At this point, it was more... I just needed to smoke or drink or get or just take a hit of, of, of weed or just have a sip of alcohol. That's how I ended up at Gold's Gym in Modesto. I'm like, oh, there's a gym here. Cool. You know, I just had to go through my recovery. I didn't go to AA meetings. I didn't have therapy. I didn't sign myself into a recovery home or recovery hospital. It was just me, you know, just dealing with my insecurities, dealing with my issues, dealing with lies, dealing with myself, getting to know myself because I didn't have a favorite color. I didn't have a favorite food. I, I didn't know what I liked. It just felt weird. My healing felt weird. My recovery felt weird. At that time, my go-to genre was reggaeton. Reggaetonto, I, I call it now, reggaetonto. I started to draw. I started to draw and I would get these random ideas like, hey, go get some paper or go get paint or how about go get a canvas and, you know, paint or something. I didn't hesitate. I didn't care if I didn't have the skills. I didn't care if it felt weird because did I mention it felt awkward. It felt weird. And I would just do it. I didn't hesitate. I didn't think about it. I just, all right, let's go get a canvas and let's just let's start painting let's start drawing let's start doing whatever it was and and that was very therapeutic for me I was desperate I was just desperate to clean my life I was desperate to have a healthy life because I was still empty I was still empty and it just felt so awkward everything felt so weird but I was desperate I was desperate to clean my life and live a better life, live a healthy lifestyle. And randomly I would get these weird ideas and I was just do it. I would just do it because I knew that's what I needed. And I would just tell myself like, Myra, this is what you need. This is exactly what you need. But I'm just intense like that, right? Like when I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. I'm very practical, I just do it. Just I just had to do it. It was a do or die moment. I was more dead than alive. I had to do it. I had to do it. It didn't matter the cost. I didn't want my son to live the life I was living. I knew it wasn't right. I just didn't know anything else. I didn't know how to heal. I didn't have life coaches. I didn't have 
my family's support. I think that if I would have been open with my family, they wouldn't even have known what to do because they weren't stable themselves. But I just knew what to do in the moment, right? Because I was already used to living in the moment. So my moment was get healthy, get better. Just going with the flow on that path. I only had control of what I had control of, which was cleaning my life. Because nobody else was going to do it for me. No one knew, or maybe they did, they just never brought it up to my attention, which is even worse. No one knew what I was going through. I suffered alone. I figured it out on my own. Why? Because I had trust issues. I didn't trust anybody. For a while, you know, I was living healthy. I was working out now. I wasn't smoking. And then all of a sudden, I started smoking weed again. I wasn't smoking all day, every day, like I knew how to. But then it started to affect my finances. When I realized where my money was going, I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. And I did. I said, okay, well, smoking is no longer an option. I am no longer allowed to smoke. And that's it. And my no was no, and that was it. But when I would gather with friends, and if they had some, I would chip in five bucks or ten. But I had told myself that I would never spend a big amount on weed ever again. But I was freeloading. I was still smoking. It was still affecting my brain, guys. But I wasn't smoking all, all the time either. I wasn't out partying or anything like that. But when it was there, I would smoke. Again, I was aware of what was happening. And... I had to fix it <laughs> it's easier said than done but it's possible guys it it is possible my life seemed like it was going very well it was going well I was living life one day at a time I was in control of my finances I was in control of my schedule I was in control of my time my relationships and all of a sudden it repeats again I started to take a hit on my finances and what I learned was that little by little, I started to buy more trees. I'm talking about weed. <laughs> I started to buy more than what I was originally buying and I started to smoke again. And little by little, and I was, and I was getting back into that lifestyle. But now this time, I became a businesswoman. <laughs> Many of you know, back then, you had to have your cannabis license for you to smoke for you to grow weed, for you to even sell it back to the cannabis. So I did that. I had my license and permit. You were only able, back then you were only able to go to the dispensaries if you had your cannabis license. Otherwise, they wouldn't let you in. And so back then, um, in San Francisco and Oakland, and even out here in LA, um, I used to drive out here a lot and I would sell to the LA dispensaries. And they loved my stuff. Like I started getting connected out here they wanted that Bay Area stuff, right? That granddaddy purple, the Girl Scout cookies and all that stuff. And it was homegrown. I had homegrown, I had outdoor. I was making money and now it was legal, right? I had my license. I was making business with dispensaries. Life was good, it was getting better. And I took so much pride at that point where I'm like, I'm not smoking my supplies. But guess what? I ended up smoking my supplies. <laughs> and so what happened? I, I started taking a big hit on my finances again. In the beginning, it was paying off for itself, right? So I'm like, oh, well, I can smoke. I mean, I'm not coming out of my pocket. It's buying itself. 
so why not and that's what happened so I started taking a big hit on my finances again and there was breakthrough I had to come back to my senses once again this time around I knew what to do there was a lot of breakthrough I got my finances back on track and then I built a really bad spending habit my son and I were shoe fanatics I was obsessed with Jordans and stilettos, and he was just a fashionista, so he had to wear the best of the best. My son never wore Payless shoes. He never wore Costco shoes. He never wore Target, Walmart shoes. Nothing against them. But again, because I was so arrogant, I was so materialistic, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you having materialistic stuff. There's nothing. You should have the best of the best. You should. But if you can't afford it, don't do it or at least save for it. Don't put it on your credit card. If you don't have it, if you can't afford it, it's not worth it. And that was probably the biggest mistake I ever made because to this day, he loves my stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. He can afford it. He can buy it. I don't, I don't get it for him anymore unless it's a gift or something. But, you know, he can afford his own stuff and he makes money. And you too. You deserve the best. So there's nothing wrong with that stuff, right? But what's your motive behind all, the, all of that are you all about the materialistic stuff that you go broke just for you to look better than your enemy right like and they're not even worried about what you wear or if you know like if you're eating or not so it's just stupid guys it really is what is your motive behind all of that but and yes i ended up smoking again but this time it was only socially and i wouldn't spend money once again right I had created these boundaries out of desperation. Not to step into weed dispensaries and spend big amounts on weed and edibles and all these things. It finally hit me. Start, I started seeing these patterns. I'm like, okay, why do I keep going through these same cycles? Like, what's going on here? Well, I was just going with the flow, right? I was taking it day by day. I was in the moment, right? I needed to break that because that seemed that that was my deal like that was my thing that i was just going with the flow they taking it day by day but i was going with the flow and i had to break that so i'm like okay something's going on here so if you find yourself in the same cycle over and over again start paying attention to that because there's something there and you you have to break through that you can't continue that because it's just going to be that same cycle right and what is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Correct, you got it. And so I had to figure this out, right? I'm like, okay, I'm starting to catch on to a pattern here. So what's going on? So what I do, what did I do? I wrote down my goals for the whole year, right? Now I had more of a clear vision because now I actually planned my whole, my whole year ahead of time. I didn't have a life coach. No one told me to do these things. These were just things that would just come up. And I'm like, okay, well, this is not working, so let's try something else. People don't like change. I love change. I don't know why. I love change. I, I, I just love to start fresh. It's like, it's really encouraging. And I like change. I embrace change. I just love it. And, and so I made a plan for the whole year. And later I realized, huh, these are the steps I actually took to be set free. These are actually the steps I took to break old habits in my life. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. 
that's what I want to talk about today. So you got a little bit about my wild stories. Uh, I hope I hope I offended many of you. Why? Because it's going to shake you up to something different. It's going to wake you up to something different. And it's a holy, divine offense. It's for your own good. So later I realized that I took these steps, right? The three steps to break all the habits in your life and step into your new life. Only if you want to. Because no one's going to force you. And it's not going to be easy. And like I said, of course, there are many more other steps that you can take. But the whole point is for you to start where you're at and for it to not be so overwhelming. I want you to know that breaking old habits it was almost impossible. At least that's what I thought. That's what it felt like. For me personally, it felt impossible. The fight was real. The struggle was a nightmare. But I came out of it. <laughs> and you will too. You will come out of it. I came out of bad financial habits, guys, as I shared with you. Sexual habits, I hated myself, but I covered it with arrogance and pride and, and fancy jewelry and clothes and hair and makeup. And I used all types of hardcore drugs. You mention it, most likely I did it. I did it. I dealt with unhealthy thinking patterns. The challenge was a worthwhile task. Here are some simple tips that helped me and guarantee to help you step into your new and better life. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Step one. Step one. Identify the habit. Identify the habit. You must identify the habit. It's important that you are aware and you recognize the habits. It's vital that you recognize the habits because it enables you to highlight automatic behaviors and patterns. It provides clarity that you need to identify the triggers and cues that initiate these habits and the rewards that tag along. Without self-awareness, you will continue to engage in all habits unconsciously. It'll make it challenging for you to even initiate meaningful change. Ask yourself, are there any triggers and rewards associated with this habit or habits. For me, it was stress and boredom, like I shared earlier, right? If I'm stressed, I need a sip of something. If I'm stressed, I need to hit something, right? Now it's like, if I'm stressed, I'm just gonna go toss some weights around. I love it. It's my outlet. It's probably my only outlet at this point, at, at least in this season. But ask yourself, what are the triggers and rewards associated with this habit? For me, it was stress and boredom. What are your trigger points? These triggers initiate habitual behavior as a way to address underlining needs or cravings. Rewards that come with these habits provide a sense of satisfaction, relief, or even pleasure. Only reinforcing the habit loop and making it more likely that those behaviors will repeat in the future. And again, I can almost hear you. Myra, I don't have a drug problem. Or am I an angry person? But it doesn't always have to be so intense and so extreme. An addiction or sex immorality, it doesn't always have to be that. 
Other habits could also be, for example, biting your nails. Nail biting without even acknowledging it. I used to do that a lot. I used to bite my nails a lot. I don't know how it stopped. It just did. Actually, I started getting acrylics. I couldn't bite them, but then it stopped. And that was it. Maybe you bite your nails because you're nervous. Maybe you feel pressured. Another example is social media scrolling. Oh, can we talk about this? Let's talk about it. Social media scrolling. Maybe you just find yourself scrolling to social media. I've seen so many people do this and it's so annoying. Like even my friends, as soon as they get a free time or some downtime, they just automatically scroll nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And like, it's not even productive. Like it's one thing, like if you go on social media and okay, you see what's going on and you just scroll through social media mindlessly. You're just like, hmm, whenever you have a free time, right? Or you're feeling bored. Recognizing this habit triggers allows you to take steps to replace it with more productive activities. The key here is productivity, productive activities. Be productive, be, be productive, be productive, be, be productive, be productive, be, be. Example number three, maybe you smoke. And maybe you don't smoke these hardcore drugs. Good for you. Good for you. Please don't do it. But maybe you smoke tobacco. Maybe you chew tobacco. Why? If you don't know why, then just stop. Just say no to it. Easier said than done, huh? You don't know why. You just do it. You just do it. You just do it. Perhaps the reason behind it is that you feel stressed or pressured at work or in a social environment. Perhaps, maybe, just maybe deep down, you do know why you smoke or you chew tobacco. You do know why you do it. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Example number four emotional eating eating ice cream and snacks is out of control whenever you feel sad whenever you feel stressed maybe you feel under pressure we do a lot of crazy stuff when we feel under pressure a lot of crazy stuff why don't you share one thing one thing that perhaps you regret doing it was a learning experience share one crazy thing you did when you felt under pressure and was there a con consequence that you had to pay? I would love to hear that about you. And of course, everything is confidential, guys. Whatever you tell me is confidential, unless you want to type it in the comments, unless you're okay me sharing. If you're down for an interview, by all means, I'm totally down for that too. Let's talk about it, guys. This is a platform where you are set free. I come to set you free. You know why? <laughs> because I was a prisoner myself. I was a captive myself. I don't want you to go through that stuff. I don't want you to go through that stuff. And if you're going through it, allow me to extend my hand and receive the help. You shouldn't put a price on this. This is your future. This is for your children. 
for your children, children, for your children, children's grandchildren. <laughs> Emotional eating. But every time you have a bad day, you have to run to the kitchen for comfort. Maybe you realize that your emotions are triggering this habit and it makes you rethink the way you approach, the way you cope with difficult things. Example number five, procrastination is a big one. Procrastination, I see it everywhere. I procrastinate when it comes to laundry, yo. Can I be honest? <laughs> I think that's okay. But how about when it comes to life? Procrastination is a big one for me and I hate it. I'm very practical. I like doing practical things, but I'm the kind of person that what needs to get done today needs to get done today. There's this Spanish saying, no dejes para mañana lo que puedes hacer hoy. I don't know how I would translate that in English. The things that you can do today, don't leave them for tomorrow. I feel like many of you have struggled with procrastination since high school, since college. And it's always seemed like a mysterious problem. You've always been okay with it. But you actually procrastinate the most when you feel overwhelmed or anxious about deadlines. Understanding these triggers allows you to break tasks into smaller, manageable steps and tackle your procrastination habit. Like I shared with you guys, I had a smoking problem that affected my finances and it was then when I had to reevaluate my finances. I had to pay attention where my money was going. Step two, set goals. Set clear and realistic and motivating goals. Setting clear goals, realistic and motivating goals is paramount because they provide you with a roadmap for change. Clear goals serve as a compass, ensuring that efforts are directed towards a specific outcome. Realistic goals, guys, are achievable. They foster a sense of progress and preventing discouragement. Tap into one's desires and aspirations, fueling the determination to break old habits and create lasting transformation. Now, we are all aware that there's many religions out there, right? And I totally understand that we all have different beliefs. We're all, although we're all walking together as a community, guys, we all have our own individual journeys, right? The role of faith or spirituality is also something you might want to consider, such as prayer when setting goals and seeking guidance. The benefits of this I have experienced myself as well. And I love it. I love it. I have never felt as healthy in my life. Even when I was the strongest, when I was the fittest, I was like 115, deadlifting 375 for sets of five. Like I was at my smallest and I was the most fit, the most ripped. To an outsider, you would think like that was my prime time. And I, when I talk about my prime times I in, my, in my fitness field, I talk about those times. But this is the most healthy I've been in my entire life. And this is the, the, the greatest I've felt in my entire life. And I love it. I love it. 
And although we're walking together as a community, we all have our individual journey. And the benefits of this I've experienced myself and I have found levels and levels and levels of healing. And at the same time, because we interact with human beings and we are only human, we hurt people, right? Hurt people hurt people. Healthy people apologize and fix their wrong. And disappointment happens because we're still human and we're not perfect. But it gets better. It gets fixed. People are able and willing to fix their wrong, to clear the misunderstandings because it's part of growing, right? It's part of growing and learning. You're learning to deal with conflict. You learn to deal with conflict appropriately, protecting and loving the individual that you're actually having issues with. That, people, it's another level of maturity. <laughs> that is another level of maturity. And you have to feel pressure. You have to find yourself in conflict Otherwise, you don't grow in that area, right? Somebody rubs you the wrong way. Somebody thinks whatever they want about you and you just like, <laughs> like they hate me, why? Or you go doing some evil act against them. I want to talk things out. I've had, I've had occasions and just actually recently, guys, I'm going through it. Recently, like there's just a lot of turmoil at work and I try to ignore it. I don't do drama. To be honest, miss me with that stuff. You have the right to think and make up your own stories about me, whatever it is that you want to say. Like, I don't care. Don't ask me why people don't like me. Go ask them why they don't like me. Apparently, I've offended a coworker because I'm rude. I'm arrogant, according to other people who she's ran her mouth about me. I'm rude. I'm arrogant. I make her feel uncomfortable. It took her a while, but I love the fact that she texted me. She could have told me in person. I love the fact that she texted me and she said that she feels uncomfortable around me. First thing I did, I apologized because that's never my intention. There's, there's often rumors he said, she said, and because before I even knew who she was, her first impression was a really bad impression. She was talking to somebody about somebody else and I was standing there. She was just going on and on. And I was like, whoa, like this person has it against this person, right? So she's doing the same thing to me and she's talking stuff about me as well. So, but I respect the fact that she says, you know, maybe I, may, I am a little cold when I see her because I'm not cold. I'm just firm. I just, at the end of my shift, just give her the report and I write my report as well anyway. So she can read it. I give her my report, just a short, quick things of what happened during my shift. And then she's on. Apparently, um, I want to protect her, so I'm not going to go too much into detail because this is fresh, but she asked a question, but the way she came across, because I was, I had already stuff piled up because of what I've heard, and I do believe it because that sounds like her, and I witnessed that on my own before I even knew her, right? And I do believe that she's a little toxic, and I don't hate her. You know, she's entitled to think whatever she wants about me, to feel the way she does about me. I don't care. It doesn't affect me in any way, but I am firm. Like, if you don't like me, I'm not going to pretend. She said something. I responded sarcastically. Like, oh, do you not see it? Like, why are you even asking that? Um, and, and I missed her text. Like, my phone is not on my hip all the time. And I saw her text and later at night. And she said, I feel uncomfortable around you. Or however she worded it, right? And I apologized. I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's never my intention. 
you keep running your mouth about me and I just see me out of your mouth like just see my name out of your mouth and I just told her that she sent me this long love paragraph guys and I automatically deleted it it's late night I'm not gonna this guys write notes write notes because this is wisdom here I saw her message late at night and she said you know she feels uncomfortable I apologized and then I said by the way if I came across that way it's because you've been running your mouth and I know certain things and I called out certain things and so she replied with this long paragraph and I don't, I don't know what she said I did I didn't read it I didn't care so I deleted it and she did call me childish or, or foolish or whatever um, one of the text messages I said okay I like confrontation <laughs> she doesn't know this I like I live for confrontation why because it makes me better and so I deleted it I said I'm not gonna read your message because it's long I don't care what you think or what you have to say she said something about grow up or something um, and so I called her okay cuz I'm not I'm not going to go back and forward through text all night like I'm not mm -mm. and by the way you can misunderstand a text message and there's typos I will never reply based on my feelings and my emotions I like I'm gonna pause and I felt the way I felt and I said I don't care what, what you think or whatever you have to say it's irrelevant to me and I deleted it but I called her and she didn't answer I called again which is way out of my element guys like I'm not gonna be calling back to back if you don't want to talk to me you don't want to talk to me you lost your opportunity to, to clear things out and so and I, I text her but I wasn't doing it just to to bash on her I, there was urgency to clear things up because I'm a peacemaker I don't like to fight okay but when it's time to stand for myself for my for my beliefs or whatever it is to defend myself which a lot of times I don't care to defend myself but she was already going back and forward with me right so I said okay I called I called once I called twice she didn't answer so I text her hey this childish person or however I worded it just called you to clear things up I said I totally don't have I really don't have anything against you I really don't like I'm not gonna hate her because that's it takes too much for me to do that okay I've been there done that I'm not going that route. Like I wanted to clear things out. I wanted to be at peace with her. Well, she wants to hide behind a text message and send all these messages. I know she's at work. She wasn't off yet. And I know it's her downtime because the patient is, is sleeping. Or maybe because I told her that I didn't care what she thought or what she had to say. Um, maybe she didn't want to talk to me. I don't blame her, okay? I don't blame her. That was that. And so there's conflict there right there's turmoil it's a little chaotic it's uncomfortable but I live for that I am comfortable being uncomfortable uh, and that's just me right I, some people are not like that I've been through too much like there's nothing that I can actually face now these days that will get me off my tracks like so all of this is just a learning experience that's just how I look at it it makes me better so all that to say, uh, we're all on different journeys. We're all on different walks, even though we're walking together. We're all on different, um, on our own journey. At the same time, we're human, right? We're human and, and we have to learn how to forgive. Um, this is not even a religious thing. It's for our own, it's for our own health, for our own well-being. Um, learn to forgive and and through conflict, learn to to work things out. Sometimes if the other person can't seem to work things out with you, then you just have to be the bigger and better person and just set the tone. At the end of the day, 
Our goal is to be a better person and live a healthier lifestyle. Be at peace with people. And yes, even loving the ones that are hard to get along with. I know it's easier said than done, but guys, it's possible. I'm using myself as an example, and I'm not perfect. I don't always get it right. I didn't have to respond the, the way I did, right? But I felt because she went, she came at me a certain way that I'm like, Psh, like what? And that's never my attitude. But sometimes we just, we're prideful. Sometimes we're arrogant. Sometimes we're foolish, right? We have to be aware when when we are wrong. We have, we have to. We have to confess when we are wrong and apologize and move forward, right? So we deal with people, there's conflict, there's hurt. Our job is to protect that person. And it is possible. And it only becomes easier as you genuinely and intentionally put it to practice. I can testify to that. Also, faith and spirituality, including prayer, can play a significant role in setting goals and seeking guidance in the process of breaking old habits and gaining personal breakthrough and transformation. How awesome is that? And here's how. Clarity and purpose. Clarity and purpose, it can help you clarify your values and align your goals with your deep convictions. Strength and resilience. Faith can provide inner strength and resilience during challenging times. When pursuing the difficult task of breaking all habits, spiritual beliefs and practices can offer comfort and motivation, allowing you to persevere. Guidance and reflection. Prayer, meditation, other spiritual practices can be powerful tools for self-reflection and seeking guidance. These practices can help you connect with your inner self, gain insight, and make decisions in alignment with your spiritual values. Let me explain something. Let me bring something up to your attention. And this is a fact. If you actually do your research, I'm using myself as an example, okay? Because I've been there, done that. Meditating for me is not emptying my mind, but it used to be. Meditating for me was yoga too. Meditating is not you crossing your legs. It's not you crossing your legs and humna, 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 humna. Mm -mm. That's not meditating. Meditating for me was speaking words of affirmation over myself repeatedly. Because remember, I didn't know God. I didn't know God. I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a follower of Jesus. I wasn't a follower of the Christ. I was going through my recovery process. I had to speak words of affirmation because that's all I knew. I think that's why that's my love language. I had to speak positive words over myself because even then it was the negative voices. And as I grew in my faith, as I grew in my walk and in my relationships with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Meditating for me was meditating on the Word of God. What does God say about me? What does God think about me? And I would just allow that to marinate in me. Like I'll just meditate and repeat it and repeat it over and over again. Because, you know, many people will have their opinion about you. 
Many people will assume things about you and they will make stories about you. But what is the truth? What is true? The truth is what God says about you. If you don't believe in God or for whatever reason, I totally understand. I've been there. I've been there, done that. I just shared with you that I hated God with a passion. I hated God. I worshiped the devil. <laughs> I had idols. Guys, statues don't have ears or eyes. They don't, they don't hear you or see you. How do you expect for, how dare you to bow down to a statue? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at, at that because I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> Good luck talking to a statue. Why don't you just talk to God? <laughs> For over five years, guys, I practiced witchcraft, maybe even longer than that. I worshiped the Santa Muerte. I cursed people. I wished them bad. I did rituals. I read the Satanic Bible. In a dream one day, I got married to the devil. I got married to Lucifer. The words, I don't even want to repeat them. When you say the name of the, of, of the groom, do you accept the bride? Do you accept the woman as your bride? And yes, I do, and then vice versa. It was Myra and Lucifer. He was the hottest man. He was so handsome. He was sexy. He was a sexy man. The sexiest I've ever seen. It felt so real. It was in my dreams, though. When I got married to him, I was going to be intimate. I was, I was intimate with him. This was my first time, right? And while he was going in me, he started to turn red. The horn started to come out. The forked tail started to show. Pearl white teeth. Not vampire fangs or anything straight pearl white teeth and I was okay with that that was a repetitive thing in my life the devil would show up in my dreams I was his wife and I did wife duties mm -hmm. so when I stopped messing around when I stopped sleeping around it was because sex only got better in my dreams some of you know what I'm talking about some of you know what I'm talking about And he was my husband. And that's what I believed. And I loved him. That was my secret. And I was given instructions not to say anything. And I didn't. It was pretty intense. It's pretty intense. It's my life. And some of you are thinking, wow, I don't believe in God. But my life and beliefs or even experiences is nothing compared to yours, Myra. But can I propose to you? That if you are not for God, you're actually on the devil's side. If you're not for God, you're for the dark kingdom. You're for the dark kingdom. And the dark kingdom is no longer hiding, guys. As you already know, they're in our schools, attacking our kids, raping our kids. And you're okay with that. Society is okay with that not I. The devil and his kingdom is no longer hiding. Their agenda is obvious. We just don't see it. You don't see it because you're blind.
I didn't see it because I was blind. I thought that was life. <laughs> Man, was I wrong. If you're not at peace with yourself, if you're having trouble sleeping, if you hate yourself, if you're often angry, if you often feel like you're being accused and you look for it, and you play the victim, if you're often scared, if you're often insecure, all of that stuff is not from God. It is not from God. Guess where that force is coming from? Satan. El Satanás. Not from God. Those are demonic powers over your life. So now that I've been set free and continually growing in my faith, my meditation looks a little something like this. I will trust on the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge Him and He will make my path straight. That's my go-to verse, Proverbs 3.5. Because I'm very analytical. Because for me, if it doesn't make sense, I don't believe it. The numbers have to add up. But I have chosen to trust God. I have chosen to not lean on my own understanding. You can write these things down. I make it personal because the devil wants me back. I make it personal because there's people out there who want to see me dead. There's people out there who hate you. I make it personal. You want to fight me? We're going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight with the word of God. That's what I'm going to do. That's my sword. Get you a big Bible. Get you a big sword. Whoosh. <laughs> my meditation looks like this. You can write this down and you can download the Bible app and search these passages. Find a translation that's easy for you to read and understand. It could be the, the Amplified, the AMPC, the NLT, which is a New Living Translation. It could be the NIV, the New International Version, the ESV, English Standard Version. My favorite is um, New King James. Um, all of these, they're easy to read. They're easy to understand. Find a translation that, that you can understand. I just gave you the easiest ones. In the Bible app, you have access to other languages, or at least a lot of them. If Spanish is your primary language, you can read it in Spanish. Um, if Portuguese is, is your primary language, you can find it in Portuguese. And we have Ephesians 1.4. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He created you before the foundations of the world that you should be holy without any blame before Him in His love, in God's love. I had to meditate on that. He created me before the foundation of the world. <laughs> he created you before the foundation of the world. That you should be holy without blame before him in his love Ephesians 2.10 it says um, this is from the Amplified the MPC this is from the Amplified and it says Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's own handiwork 
his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works in which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking path which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's Ephesians 2.10. How about Jeremiah 29.11? Jeremiah 29.11, this is from the New King James, and, and a lot of you know this one. You probably don't know the address of this passage, but you know this. I know you've heard it. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Guess who said it? Guess who said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I'm going to keep reading. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13, and you will seek me and find me. Hey, and you will seek me and find me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. <laughs> I will gather you from all nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. <sighs> Guys, I can do a study on this one. This goes hand in hand of what I just talked about. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does that mean? I'm telling you, I can do, I don't, this is, I'm not going to go deep into this, but this is what it is, okay? Meditating, meditating. And, you, and if you don't know God and you don't want to read the Bible, whatever it is, I totally get it. Guys, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. Speak words of affirmation over your life. Be aware when those negative thoughts start to come. How are you going to manage that? The Word of God is alive and is active and is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces through bone and marrow. It pierces through the spirit and soul. It judges the attitudes of our heart. The word of God teaches, it corrects us. It rebukes us. It trains us in righteousness. <laughs> That's how I meditate. I'm not no humana, 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 humana. <laughs> no, 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 no. I speak the word of God over me. And that gives me confidence. And it might come a little arrogant, but you know what? I don't care. What did I do? I just put my crown on. Because my daddy is the king of all kings. Nothing else matters to me. Nothing else matters. What you think, what you think matters to me. We're in this together. What people think, see me out of it. <laughs> so when I say meditate, that's what I mean. That's what it looks like in my life right for you it might look different but be careful when you meditate be careful what you invite in because when you're meditating you're very tempted to clear your mind 
right? You want to be careful what you're inviting in because it will take resonance. It will take resonance. We can speak life or we can curse someone with our tongue, with our words. What's your choice? What do you choose to do? Regardless of how you're feeling, what do you choose to do? So that's guidance and reflection. Praying and meditating can be powerful, powerful tools for self-reflection and seeking guidance. Accountability and community is one of my favorites. You'll, you'll hear me say that a lot. Accountability and community. Community is important. Accountability, <laughs> it's important. It's critical, guys. It is necessary. It's, it is essential. Accountability and community, it also can play a significant role in setting goals and seeking guidance in the process of breaking old habits and gaining personal breakthrough and transformation. A lot of religions, a lot of religions, a lot of faith-based traditions emphasize on the importance of community and accountability. You can find support. You can find encouragement and accountability from religious or spiritual communities as you work towards your goals together. Forgiveness and redemption. Forgiveness and the belief in second chances. A lot of religions believe in that. Forgiveness and the belief in second chances can be instrumental in overcoming guilt or shame associated with old habits and can help you move forward with a sense of hope and redemption. This is a very critical subject because how is it possible to forgive my accuser? How does that even make sense? How does that even make sense? How is that even possible? Like I shared before, guys, I've never been raped, but I have been sexually abused. And I wasn't even aware of it. I remember being young. I remember my auntie actually brought it up to my attention. She, she heard me playing around with one of my cousins. I'm, I'm going to protect this person, so I'm not even going to say what side of the family he belongs to. My auntie she called me in, into the kitchen, and she asked me what I was doing. And I'm like, oh, we're just, we're just playing. I'm, I'm biting his arm and, you know, whatever. Like, we're just playing. And she's like, be careful, because he was a lot older than I was. And she gave me a whole table talk right there and then. Um, I didn't know. I was a little girl. Um, I didn't know that was a thing. So, um, you know, abuse is abuse. A violation is a violation. It doesn't matter the level, the intensity. But how could you forgive someone who offended you? How can you forgive someone who who hurt you, who abused you. Although I was in agreement to play the biting the neck and arm game, I was being violated. But this is the thing, hurt people hurt people. Healed people lead people. And hurt people hurt people intentionally and unintentionally. I would like for my apologies to be accepted by the people who I hurt. So if I want that done to me, why wouldn't I want to 
receive an apology. If I am forgiven, I could, I should be able to forgive, right? For those of you who are followers of Christ, God forgave you. I was just talking to someone about this passage, Matthew six fourteen. It says something about um, if you forgive people who sin against you, God, your Father, also forgives you who have sinned against Him. So how do you expect to be forgiven if you can't forgive? It doesn't make sense. But in this area, this is where I choose to trust the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. And Lord, you forgave me. Teach me to forgive people. Teach me. Give me a forgiving heart. He has delivered that request in my life. I don't know about your God, but my God is faithful. My daddy is faithful. Just saying, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Eventually, I understood. I understood what forgive so you could be forgiven meant. God reveals his secrets to his children. I didn't understand before while I was in the process, but I understand now. You might say, well, I don't hear God. I don't know God. You know those crazy ideas that you keep getting and you've probably had dreams about and they scare you because you're like, there's no way I could do that because I, I don't have the resources. I'm not equipped. I'm not smart enough. There's no way. Go back to school if you don't feel smart enough. Go take a course. Go do something. But you know that crazy idea that you keep getting that scares you because you're like, how is that even possible? There's no way. Can I propose to you? That's God downloading ideas in you. He's speaking to you. And you're actually hearing him. You're actually, you actually can hear him and you're not even aware of it. You know those crazy ideas that you keep getting that scare you because it seems impossible? That's God. That is God. That's God. He's waiting to meet you in the gap where you don't feel equipped. He's waiting to meet with you in the gap where you need resources, where you don't have the resources, guess who's gonna give them to you? Guess who's gonna give them to you? He's waiting to meet you there. Where you don't feel smart, guess where you're gonna get all the answers? In the gap. Because he wants you to not depend on you, but depend on him. So when you know that something, you've accomplished something, and there's no way that could have been possible through you, you have no other choice but to give God the glory. Can I get an amen? Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you to step out? If you have all these crazy ideas and you just don't know what to do with them, if you have things that scare you and that you're like, oh, I really want to do this, but it really scares me. Can I walk with you? Can I cheer you on? Contact me. I want to hear your crazy ideas. I want to hear your impossible ideas. Contact me. I want to hear about them. I want to help you. I want to give you more ideas. Maybe I have the resources that you need. You never know. You never know. I'm excited for you. Incorporating faith and spirituality in your goal setting process can provide you with a deeper sense of purpose inner strength 
and the guidance needed to embark on your journey of change you have been desperately in need of. It is important, it is important to note that the role of faith or spirituality in personal transformation varies. It varies from person to person. And you should approach it in a way that aligns with your beliefs and your core values. I truly want to see you succeed. We're all going to succeed together. <laughs> we are. Guys, I have a plan whether you run with me or not. The people under my wings, the people under my leadership, you guys are going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. This is just the beginning stage, guys. Hang tight and enjoy the ride. This is just the beginning. I'm excited for you. And step three. Step three, how to break old habits and step into your new and better life. Say, create a plan. Create a plan. Create a plan. Create a plan. Okay? Create a plan. Without a well-defined plan, you are more likely to struggle with consistency. You will find it difficult to track your progress and achieve your desired goals. Developing a structured plan to break old habits is crucial because it provides a clear roadmap for change. Outlining specific steps and strategies to address triggers and challenges effectively. Some examples of healthy habits that can replace the old habits are regular exercising. It could be simple as going for a walk, hiking, swimming, etc. You don't have to spend hours in the gym. If you need structure or some kind of a workout plan or something to get started, let's talk, come up with a plan. I'll write a workout plan for you. I'll write a whole fitness plan for you. If that's what you need, that's what I will give you. My health coach, I'm a life coach, I'm a fitness coach, strength training coach, Olympic lifting coach. I'm licensed, I'm certified, let me help you. If a workout plan is what you need to hold you accountable, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Maybe you just need help sorting your week and finding time to actually go for a walk at least. About seven, maybe eight years ago, I used to train a man in a wheelchair and he was the most motivated client I ever had. He was determined to work out. He was my top athlete, okay? <laughs> he was amazing. Guys, if he can do it, you can too. You can too. There's no excuse. It is my delight to help you. I want to help you. I want to see you a year in and I'm like, oh, that girl got it. Dude, I remember when that dude used to do this, this and that, and look at him now. I love it. I love all the transformation stories. It doesn't always have to be a destructive or extreme addiction. It doesn't always have to be a destructive old habit. But seeking support from others, including a professional, maybe a mentor, maybe it's something else that you can do. I don't know how much it'll cost, but I know it will be well worth it. Just make sure, guys, that make sure that you actually interview the professional. You actually ask questions.
so you know what to expect you don't want to pay i know sometimes it could get super pricey i couldn't afford it myself but more and more than affording it because i probably would have made the money i could easily made the money and paid for it if i really wanted to right but the thing is that i had trust issues i thought everybody was out there to get me and take me for my money so i that's that was the last thing i was gonna do so make sure you ask questions, make sure you interview the person, make sure that you know what you're expecting, that you're not just throwing your money just to anyone and that person doesn't even care about your well-being, okay? Because there's some people like that who will just keep you stuck in a cycle just so you can keep coming back and that's not okay either. Uh-uh. Have wisdom and discernment when it comes to these things. Make sure you speak out and you're actually asking questions write things down so you don't forget okay or contact me i keep telling you reach out to me i want to hear from you i have met cool beautiful people on this platform and i've heard their stories and i'm actually helping one of them um and she's just so amazing like she's so hungry she's like she's ready to just go and she just had no resources and she didn't know where to go like Guys, some people don't even know that they have to brush their tongue when they brush their teeth. Like, it's a simple, it's simple as that. Like, people, there's people that, are, that just don't know any better. Guys, I've been there. I can speak for myself. So, get out there. <laughs> get out there. Get some help if you need the help. Reach out to me if you, if you want my help. Let's do this. So, seek professional help, okay? It makes the journey of habit change a lot more easier more manageable and successful on a side note i need to stress the importance of consistency resilience and not giving up not giving up when setbacks occur don't give up don't give up too soon don't give up when things don't go as planned it's okay consistency resilience and not giving up when setbacks occur are paramount guys they enable you to persevere through the challenges of habit change it ensures you that temporary setbacks do not derail you they do not derail your long-term goals don't forget to celebrate your small victories along the way celebrating small victories is essential as it fosters motivation, boosts self-esteem, and provides tangible evidence of progress, making the path of breaking old habits more rewarding and sustainable. Why do I feel such freedom right now? Wow. Wow. I think that's the key for today's episode, guys. If you didn't catch on to anything else, I think that's 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 the key for today. Perseverance. Do not give up when things don't go your way. Do not give up too soon. Do not stop fighting too soon, guys. Don't give up too fast. I want to encourage you to seek support from family members, from friends, from professionals. And if you're anything like I was, you probably don't have any of those people around you. You have 
me. You heard? <laughs> you have me. How dare you say you don't have anyone? Guys, <laughs> I'm here because I didn't have me. <laughs> I didn't have a Myra on my corner. I sense such freedom right now. Some of you don't even have to look for therapy or counseling because this podcast just set you free. My message set you free. My story set you free. I can't wait to hear from you. <laughs> I think I think on this episode is the one that I've mentioned my contact, my phone number to contact me the most. And you're probably saying like my friends are not good influence. They got to go. I agree. They got to go. They got to go. I agree. You have to make a change. Anybody and everything, anything that is holding you back from moving forward has to go. Deuces. Don't even question it. Don't don't overthink it. To seek professional help for me wasn't an option because I had trust issues. I hope that I build enough trust for you to feel comfortable to reach out to me. Contact me. I might not reply right away. I will reply within 24, 48 hours. Email me at yes I will royalty podcast at gmail.com. Yes, I will royalty podcast at gmail.com. There's no funny letters, no funny numbers, just as you spell it. Yes, I will royalty podcast. There's also a contact link on this page. And you can also text me help. Text help and write a short sentence of what you need help with. And again, the number is 562 521-3845 text text help some strategies for maintaining a positive mindset include daily gratitude journaling practice mindfulness through meditation or deep breathing I know deep breathing for me is a big one I still practice it till this day I don't even know if I got the count right but it works you have to exhale longer than what you inhale. I believe it was inhale for eight and exhale for 10. And we can probably practice that right now. Inhale, one, two, and you, you inhale slowly. Six, and exhale. It's an eight count as you inhale slowly, 10 count as you exhale, right? And you can practice it. Try it again. Inhale for eight. And 10. find myself that I'm short of breath I get to five and I'm like <laughs> I'm still inhaling <laughs> right and it, and you get better at it I do that when I get all these weird text messages like you ran me the wrong way and you this this and you're that that before you react 
before you reply, before you get those trigger fingers, or they call it Twitter fingers now these days. Before you start going all at it, breathe, breathe. It's a very super cool tool, very helpful tool. You know, I have to breathe because I have this mentality. You've heard my stories. And yes, I have a renewed mind. But once in a while, I, I get this mentality. Like, I wish somebody would give me a reason to do something. Okay? I have to be very careful. So, I am again, I like conflict, right? I, it makes me better. So, I love anything that makes me better. So... I get in this little sassy mentality like I wish somebody would right now so I have to be careful I have to because when somebody does <laughs> when somebody cross those lines then I have to be the bigger and better person right that's the side that scares me if I'm not careful I know I'm more than able to hurt someone to take someone's life, to destroy someone, to kill their character. I know I can do that very well without trying, right? You don't have to teach a baby to say no, to say mine, right? I don't know where they're like, no, mine, mine. You don't teach them to say no or it's mine, right? It's the same way, guys. No one teaches how to be mean or evil or nasty. It's in us. And that's the side that scares me. I'm scared of myself. <laughs> I scare myself. And it's not funny. I'm being honest. I'm being completely open with you guys. I'm being vulnerable with you guys. <laughs> that's the side that scares me. So I have to keep it under control. I depend on God and only on God. I depend on Holy Spirit and only on His fruit. And that's my constant prayer. That's another study, the fruit of the Spirit, guys. This is not a Bible study, so I'm not going to get to that. But that's my walk. And I have to be careful because I know myself. I don't like that side of me. Don't test me. <laughs> don't test me. Stay away from the wine bottles. <laughs> I know the things I've done in my old life. And I know that if I don't practice self-awareness and self-control, I can probably destroy myself too. I will destroy myself too. I've come a long way. I'm not doing that. Those days are over for me. I will go to jail for slapping somebody. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's in us. It's in me. It's in you. You're capable of doing the same. Be careful. Seek inspiration instead. Seek inspiration from self-help books and supportive communities that align with your personal growth, that align with your beliefs, that align with your core values. Your core values don't have to be my core values. 
I don't want your life to look like mine. You don't want my life. Our core values might not be the same. Your beliefs and my beliefs might not be the same. And that's perfect. That's the beauty of it. I love it. How boring would this life be if everybody had the same taste? Everybody liked the same car. Everybody liked the same style of clothes. The same men. <laughs> the same women. Ew. That's the beauty of it. That we're all different. We're all different. And yet we can come and unite as one and support one another and cheer each other on and champion one another share our crazy ideas share what scares us i just shared half of my life with you guys and i would do it over and over again no shame do i regret certain things are they embarrassing yeah that's why i share them because they're embarrassing <laughs> that's why i share them because they are embarrassing <laughs> They're oh, it's a dum dum, sucking on dum dum lollipops. <laughs> Seek inspiration. Seek help. Y'all have heard me talk about this in the past episodes. Self compassion and self care is vital. It is vital in the process of change. Self compassion and self care play an essential role in the process of change by providing you with the emotional support and resilience needed to navigate challenges, setbacks, self-doubt, ultimately fostering sense of self-worth and nurturing the motivation to persevere on your transformative journey. Self-compassion and self-care play pivotal roles in the process of change by fostering resilience and emotional well-being. Embracing self-compassion and self-care is also essential for maintaining long-term well-being and growth. I applaud you because you're still here. You are still here. We have come to the end of this podcast and you're still here. You're engaged. You're listening. Maybe you're washing dishes. You're in the kitchen. Maybe you're doing something else, but you're listening. You're listening. And I want to applaud you. I want to honor you. You are going to make a change. You are going to impact the world. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you are doing. The way that you're impacting people. I can't wait to hear about your crazy ideas. <laughs> the ideas that scare you. I want to honor you because you are going to break old habits in your life. I congratulate you ahead of time because I know you're going to do it and I want to hear about it. For further support or guidance, contact me. Don't think about it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. I want you to remember that breaking old habits, it does take time. Breaking old habits take time. Remember that breaking old habits take time. And be compassionate towards yourself. It's a lot of work. It's not easy. You're going to put up a fight. You're going to have to fight. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? It's going to take a lot of effort. 
but it's not impossible. It is possible with determination and commitment. It is possible. I say enough is enough. Step into your new and better life. Enough is enough. Break those destructive habits in your life. Enough is enough. Today is the day that you walk in your new and improved life. Hey, let's go. Let's go. And that's it, guys. That's it. Before we go, you already know this. For those of you who've been here for a while, for the past five episodes, <laughs> I was going to say for a while. It seems for a while. This is it, guys. Before we go, you I can't let you go if I don't challenge you. My challenge to you is this. What is the next thing that you're going to do in the next 24 hours for you to make it happen in your life? What is that one first step that you need to take for you to take action? What is that first step that you need to do for you to take action? Because if you don't, guys, all of this is irrelevant. It's pointless. So what are you going to do in the next 24 hours to break old habits in your life so that you can now step into your new and better improved lifestyle, your new and better life? What's your action step this week? What is it that you need help with? If you don't know where to start, holla at your girl. I want to hear your story. I want to hear about you. I believe in you. I believe you can and you will. So repeat after me. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes, I will. And you fill in the blank. Yes, I will. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to get back to planning. I have a planner and I stopped using it because I just know how my day is going to go, right? We get so comfortable in our routine that we think that we don't need to plan ahead, but we do. We do. So yes, I will use my planner this week and for the rest of the year and moving forward. So randomly, feel free to ask, hey, Myra, are you using your planner? <laughs> You can call me out. It's okay. You have permission. As long as we stick within our healthy boundaries, right? I'm good. We're all good. Let me know your action step. Well, guys, that wraps up our episode for today. That's all that I have for you today. I can't wait to meet with you next time. Until then, make decisions to get out there. Do something new and something beneficial. I challenge you to do something different in your life. Also, tune in next week. That's a wrap. That's all, folks. <laughs>